Hey everyone, welcome to a new Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. All right. So this week, as promised, we are going to do kind of a a semi-deep dive into the book Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine. And this is a book that I was just thrilled to find in a half-price books on just kind of a a stop that we just just did on the way home from I believe it was our Florida trip. Yep. That we just we happened to be kind of early like on 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 a really good time and all of a sudden we're like let's go to half price books and I I had this on a wish list to buy and all of a sudden I saw this and I'm like yes I'm buying this and I could not wait to read it because it sounded so enticing and the girl sounded a lot like me. So as I read it, I thought, was somebody following me around? (laughs) Because other than the personal trauma that she went through, everything that she essentially thinks are things that I think would, would you kind of agree with that? A a lot of the, the things that, that she thinks, kind of the the personal thoughts that that she thinks about people or just about life maybe i think that if you recall the first time when i first started reading this book the first chapter i read i sat there and laughed the whole time i was reading it because yes. i sat, um, i was like wow this doesn't sound familiar at all yeah so- well there was there was a point where she went to go see her doctor and i thought I've done this before. She she said, I have back pains. And the doctor's sitting there, and I can't remember if he was trying to figure out what it was. And she goes, I already know what it is. It's my breasts. They're too large. <laughs> and she goes, I've weighed them on a kitchen scale. This is how much they weigh. And I go to Erica. I said, I've done this before, but it wasn't a kitchen scale. It was a postal scale. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, I don't think there's many people in the world who have done this. And maybe there are. But it's just, I've been curious because it's got to put a tremendous weight on my back. And, and it seems like an odd duck thing to do. But yes, I'm thinking, I I relate with this girl. So the the entire time, there's so many things that this girl does that I'm like, yes, I get it. And so, so I just, I felt a kindred spirit with this girl. And what I really love about this book is, is that it took it, it took this character, which there are a ton of things this character does in this book that typically if a person saw that out in normal society, they would dislike it. Right. But I don't think there's anybody that would not love this character in this book. So they took all right. of these traits and things that we look at negatively in the somehow I feel like the author was just able to masterfully take all of these traits, put them together and make in ju- just an right. endearing character. Right. It's it's kind of like when you say when when you look at me and you say Everybody has issues because I, I I look and I say why why do you even keep me around why do you love me and you're like but everybody has their own issues so yours aren't any bigger than anybody else's and that's kind of what this book does 
it makes you look at her issues or whatever her she does or, or anything and you think well she seems pretty cool or or I get it now and and I like that it kind of you you see it at a at a different view and I think that's the kind of thing that this this book does whether that's what it was originally meant to do I'm not entirely sure I I would love to know you know what the author was going for with this book because I do think that you know it has such a powerful behind to the right person this is an extremely powerful book just because right, you, for you, me it is yeah you can relate to so many of the things that they say and then just how she twists it and makes you adore this character even though probably most people in society if they met Eleanor Oliphant on the street would they think would her think she's weird the or person. you know they right. were just trying to try to ignore her because there's obviously something not right there and they she just did an awesome job with portraying that that these are lovable people and things like that. Right. I will say, and I wasn't going to really talk about this, but you already spoiled this. So, so, but a lot of her issues did end up stemming from things that happened to her in her past. Right. Not I mean, and we don't want to, we don't want to talk about necessarily what happened either. But, but not necessarily just mental illness per se, but a lot of it stems from just, just negative things that happened to her growing up that caused her to be this way mm-hmm. and in a way i kind of felt that like when i because that's not truly truly revealed until the end of the more towards the end right of the and, book. and you're sitting there and you're you're waiting and you're waiting and, and you're just like when are you going to tell me and you're like oh wait it's like the last freaking chapter that they really really tell you they they tell you bits and pieces and we should really give a little bit of a background of what this book is about. This book is about a girl. She is, I believe she's actually 30, either that or she's in her very early 30s. And she works, I think she's an accountant, but I know it's it's she's some sort of business record keeper type person for a company. Yeah. Right. And then and then what happens is she she loves if she can go days on end without talking to anybody, seeing anybody, which, I mean, when I read that, I was like, yes, kindred spirit all, all the way. <laughs> so so it's kind of funny on that end. And then one day she needs to get her computer fixed by this IT guy. And and the, the entire guy, the entire time, if anybody has ever seen the IT crowd, I, I pictured this guy as as being one of the main guys he was played, which one he was played by chris o'dowd um he was the guy he had curly hair okay so the guy without the glasses yes yeah yep. that's what i think that's who i would envision him as yeah too. yeah so and she she kept the entire time she's like oh he he didn't wear proper shoes he always War trainers. Um, this took place in Britain, by the way, guys. But this isn't. This is a pretty easy read. So if you are from the U.S., it's not like 
Like you're reading a whole bunch of British words and you're like, I do not get this. No, it's a pretty easy read. So she's saying he wears trainers, so tennis shoes. So he's got a little bounce to his step and she's judging his stuff. And she's like, oh my gosh, he's like a child, but he's 30. And, and she's like, well, thank God I won't have to see him after today. Well, joke's on her because some stuff happens and they end up keep having to see each other again. But eventually, it's not such a bad thing. And and I'm not saying that they become friends. They just become more acquaintances, I guess you could say. I would say they were friends. Well, yeah, maybe they neither one of them would. Well, I think Raymond, the guy, would have said that they were friends. I mean, but, I didn't want to give it away, man. But what, that Raymond was... That they eventually kind of became friends. Oh, so you're like trying to keep this like... Totally no idea what's going to happen in this Yeah, well, I mean, these slowly became friends, yeah. But I mean, eventually, she's, you know, like the first time after work, she's like walking out and then she's trying to go the other way because 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 she doesn't want to be be near him. She's like, I'm not going. She's like, he's like, so where are you going? Where's your your house? She goes, I've got an appointment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which which is understandable. You don't always want to tell people where you're going. Like, I don't want you to know where my house is. I just, you just fixed my computer. That's all. We work together. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they're, they're acquaintances for a while. Some stuff happens. Eventually, they do kind of become friends. And, uh, and she has to open up this, this shell that she's formed over how many years and and it's a really it's a really interesting to book book to watch her open up this and, shell and grow eventually grow. so yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a really it's really intriguing and for me it was it was different watching me read the book than watching eric read the book because i related with it so much so i would laugh i would cry i would and i i don't think i ever watched eric cry with it because I don't think it affected him the same way. Plus, I don't see Eric cry quite, you know, sometimes if we watch a certain kind of movie, he might. And he's like, I'm not crying, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it it is it is a very it is a very up and down kind of kind of book. And it touches on on a lot of different themes. It, t- it does touch on depression. I'm not going to tell you how because I, I don't want to give away that portion of the book. I really don't. But but yeah, it it is it is a it is an extremely extremely deep but also really light. I mean, I found myself laughing a lot during this book too. I really really did. I mean, especially that that part that I just told you about where she went to the doctor. It's 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 a great, great book. So, so yeah. And, and I think like the, her quirkiness is just so priceless. And I, and, and I, I think maybe where this book could be a huge asset to anybody is, is, is if you're trying, if somebody that you know suffers from any sort of mental illness that causes them to act and do things a little bit different and you're having a time, you know, being able to relate to that person and not getting frustrated with that person, I think reading this book might be able to open your eyes 
to the right. to the good within these people that have these quirky personality traits that might to us as normal people or whatever you want to call it what what is normal but yeah the neurotypical you could but but again like what who is neurotypical really how how can you find these people endearing because they are they have a ton of really cool little traits and i think this book to me did a masterful job Mm -hmm. of just showing that because i mean literally this girl had every trait yeah that a neurodivergent or whatever you want to call it type person had. Yeah. But I really don't think anybody could ever read this book and not think she was just an, an adorable, sweet character. Oh, she character. was, yeah, she, and, she was. And I just thought that was masterful how they, they nailed that. Well, so. and what's what's interesting is I actually, the other day I, I did try to look up the author and and I, because I, because you and I had had this conversation, like sh- either she has to be neurodivergent, she has to know somebody who's neurodivergent, something like that. And I did find uh, a quote from her, and it said, in an interview with the Daily Telegraph, she did say, Eleanor Oliphant isn't me or anyone I know, but of course, I have felt loneliness. Everybody does. So it wasn't modeled after anyone. That's but surprising to me. Because I, I, I agree. Did, but I mean, I, she might have just gotten really lucky. But to I wonder. Have it I wonder so if, if though, she did somewhat model it after herself, and she didn't know it. And that does, could does that make sense? Because maybe, maybe she is more neurodivergent than she realizes, but she's just not. You know, she's just not always lonely. She's just got some traits of neurodivergence. Well, and she created that character, and that character came from somewhere. Well, exactly. Like, you and I have talked multiple times about how how the characters often model or, or turn out to be a lot like the author. Right. So you write what you know. It's yeah. just a, it's it, it's a it's what you do when, as a writer. I mean, you. It's a lot easier to write a character you've seen and and interact it with than to try and dream up something you can't even really relate to. Right. So. Right. So so it's it's not saying that that Eleanor Oliphant is is a lot like her. I mean, I mean, this girl has has blonde hair. Eleanor Oliphant has brown hair, and yeah, sure, you change the brown the color of the hair, and who knows? However, it, there's could be tendencies that are that are very similar. I don't I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to speculate, and then all of a sudden have her come after us and be like, um, "I'm normal." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and have her be be very mad and be like, I'm really smart and I'm which which granted, again, you could be you could be very smart and be neurodivergent and and well, all and these things. Eleanor I mean Olaf- Eleanor Oliphant had was was brilliant in this book. Yeah. But she she was just she just had some some traits that that people found very different. She kept her 
her teacup in her desk because she did not trust the way that other people cleaned it. Guess what? I would do the same thing. Because- and, <laughs> and now, and that that is another great example of this, of what they're showing in this book is is that, you know, we all, most of us would, would think that was weird, that she had her <laughs> own teacup and she put it in. <laughs> but if you really think about it, the reason, to, to better explain it, basically they had like, this is, Britain, so so they they had like a public tea area at work mm-hmm. that everybody could go get tea, and there was just tea glasses there, and everybody would just go grab their cup of tea and then put the glass back, and then inevitably somebody must have washed them and whatever, whatever. But you know, Eleanor always kept her own teacup, and she's like, "I'm not going to drink out of tea, a teacup that a hundred other people have drinking out of. That's just disgusting. Right. Why would I do that?" and but they all thought it was weird that she kept her own teacup, so she was the only one drinking out of it. Now, when you think about that rationally, stop and think about it. Now, it we all do this. We all do this. We all drink public glasses and don't think twice about it. But it is completely rational yeah. to not want to drink out of a cup that 100 other people have drank out of if you can avoid it. What yeah. she was doing was probably more rational yeah. than what the rest of the people were doing. But- for whatever reason, our society has just made the right, the okay thing to do to- To judge ju- other- Well, like, no, not to judge other people, but just to- The right thing to do is to just have, drink the public cl- yeah. cups. And even though she likes everybody the way should she probably it, do know? it the way Eleanor does it. And, right. I, and it's just a ton of little examples like that that make you realize, like, like Tracy does things all the time that I'm like- like I don't she'll get she'll it. be well, she'll, she'll be like don't. oh could you just like like every time I use a dish rig I have to throw it down the chute because well, the dish the rigs time, are just but disgusting just, but you just don't and, always like wring it out and then it gets smelly I but, mean and then but the point is is that that so many of these things you do you don't understand by, by default why I, I look at it as I look at it as like oh my god Tracy that's so anal and stupid shut up but. <laughs> <laughs> but when it, when you really break it down, it's like, okay, I guess that does make sense. And we should probably do it that way because it is less disgusting. It is less gross. It is less so many right. things, you know? And and I, this book just captures that and shows that in a way. And it shows it in a way where you don't get frustrated with the character. You don't right. think she's nuts. You just, you think it's quirky cute. And I, I guess because of of be- these some of these quirky thoughts or quirky things that Eleanor does, you even wanted me to start a journal or diary, whether it is written or whether it is in podcast form, so that you can either read or listen to what goes on in my head so that you can better understand that yeah that makes sense so that and you're absolutely right because when i read this book what i thought was was because a lot of what happens in this book is she does so out in society when you see somebody do something weird and quirky a lot of times the people won't really explain to you why they do it and if they do explain it to you you just it, it 
it's hard for you to like totally grasp the reason. Especially at that moment too. Especially if somebody. Maybe if you reflect on it later, but. Especially if somebody's like, well, no, I don't want to do that. And then, and then, then maybe I get mad or that person gets mad, whatever. And then, and then the whole thing gets heated at that moment. But if, if I throughout the day am just saying like, oh man, this just happened, this just happened and blah, 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 you know. And and it could end up just being an, an interesting story throughout the day. Right. So, and what I think happens is, is if in this book, it's very, because you hear her thoughts and you're t- seeing it happen, the things she does make more sense to you. Because right. Because you know exactly the reason why she's doing it. And the tea thing is a great example. Like if I just saw somebody doing that, at work or whatever, I'd probably think that's weird. Right. I mean, I don't know that I would judge him or anything, but I'd be like, that's weird. Right. But then but then when she justifies it and you know, and she's not saying this to a person, she's just saying this in her head. But mm-hmm. it's it's written in the book because you hear her thoughts as well as hear her talk right. to people and things like that. And by having both sides of that, you see, you know, some of those quirky things that a person does, you have a better understanding of what to do. And that's why I thought you should write that journal. Right. Because then when you do these things that I just laugh at, or I just think are the most bizarre (laughs) things, ridiculous things that you do, if you were to write down why you're doing them, it would allow me to reflect on that. The day you might, you might better understand how my brain. Right. Exactly. And, and I think, I think anybody could benefit from that, and I think this book is proof of that. Even th- even if this is – now, I want to be very clear. I don't even know if the author was even trying to do any of this right. with this book. But – and somebody else might read this book and get a whole different look at it from it. But I right. mean, the minute I opened this book and the, I read the first page, these are all the things that started happening mm-hmm. in my brain because – it. I just connected to that this book at that level, which is really powerful. And it is really powerful if that's not what the author intended. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Because Right. Well, and then the other interesting thing is is that eventually Eleanor kind of goes through some stuff and then she she starts seeing people differently too. So like on the bus at the end, I don't know if you remember, she's going through some stuff. And, uh, and she sees this man and, and he won't sit by her. Like she's, she's like, usually she likes to sit on the bus and, and have nobody sit by her if I recall right. And then this man who's, who's wearing no, like, I think he's wearing sandals with no socks and he's got discolored toenails and stuff like that. And then she starts crying because even he doesn't want to sit next to her, I think. And then and then he comes and passes her as he's walking past, like off the bus. And he he comforts her and he's like, he's like, oh sweetie, like what's what's going on? And and she's just like she's like, Oh, well, I I just kind of thinking like, like, oh my gosh, I guess he's not such a bad guy. He just just isn't wearing socks for whatever reason like so so suddenly her look at the world is transformed like he doesn't need to wear socks with his like to 
to cover up his ugly toes and mm-hmm. and everything. And and she used to start judging people because like, oh gross, his his ugly toes and all this and and I can't believe even he wouldn't want to sit next to to little old me and and all that, even though before I wouldn't want him to sit next to me, but even he passed me up mm-hmm. and now he's comforting me. And it turns out he's really not a bad guy. And so there's like there's little things where it, it just kind of goes around full circle. And uh and it's just it's a really, really interesting, interesting book. Just it in all in all shapes. And really. And I think like again, I can like how powerful is that scene right there where Yeah. Where now now she's seeing how how she, she looks at other yeah. people and, and is making rash, rash judgments about right. them in the same way that throughout the whole book, there's people looking at her doing the same thing. And how powerful of a message is that right. to send? I mean, like that is, I mean, that's worth its weight in gold right there. Just right. that one story. And, and that's what you see over and over again in this book. And I just, I feel like the book would, if you approach it in the right way, Will right. really open your right. ideas. Right, you just have to make sure you approach it with with an open mind. Which I mean, God, I would hope you. Well, would. just that you absorb the power of how this girl is somebody that you most people would look at, at and look down upon. Yeah. Basically, oh gosh. Yeah. In in so many ways, and yet throughout this book, you see her excelling, failing. You see, you just learn to adore her because mm-hmm. because knowing the complete her, you see how wonderful of a person she is. Oh, despite right. those but little, there's, but little there's so weirdities many people, of her, there's so and, many people who would never take the time to get to know all of her. Right, right, and I think in and I think that's a huge part of society is is that we can't look if we see somebody and we're like mm, that person's weird. That's that's it. Right. You know that it stops yep. there. They're just weird. Where yep. it's like, well, maybe you should. Maybe we as people should start trying to understand those people a little bit better, because right. you might learn a lot from them. Right. Right. And what what do you constitute as weird? Like why why weird? And mm. is could weird be good? And and could and- be, could. Could it be that you're the weird one and she's the right. normal one or, you know, whatever? It, there's so many different things, but but it's just, it, it was a real eye-opener. And I don't, I've never seen that in another book I've ever read. Right. And so it, it was just hugely powerful. Right, right. And I think, I think part of, part of what, what hurts her is, but, but also what I like about her too, is she's very blunt and direct. But I, but I like, I kind of like it too, though, because she's just, she, she's just, it's just one of her things. But I, I kind of, yeah, and I think, but I think maybe a lot of her bluntness and directness. The reason why it seems that she's so blunt and direct is because you're hearing a lot of her thoughts. That is true. That is not, not. Because she's not uh, there. There are times where she she does tell it to 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 Raymond. She's like. You know, if you got a bus pass, yeah, it, w- it would cost you less. And then, and then they get on the bus. Raymond, a bus pass 
remember. <laughs> and, and I do, and I do like that. And it's, it's kind of funny because I, I just, I just like that because I don't know. It's, it's like sometimes, sometimes when you forget, like, oh yeah, people don't like bluntness all the time. <laughs> but occasionally you just have to be blunt and just, just and, give it to him straight. When, when Tracy gets stoned, she's I was, I was overly, gonna say, overly blunt about things. Yeah. But Eric likes that. You, well, I laugh. You at say because you're like you're like oh man, you're lucky that you're cute when you when you when when you get high and, and you, you start spouting your mouth off about yeah. So yeah. So uh, so I think that was that was for the most part what I had to add up or to say about this. Except you guys really all, if you haven't read this yet, you need to get a copy of this. Go to your library. I'm sure they have it. Um, it is definitely worth reading. And it is, it is definitely, definitely, if you have somebody in your life that is suffering from any of these neurodivergent traits or whatever that that you're having a hard time understanding, I feel like... because. I'm now down, and I've read two books on neurodivergence. And did you I, finish I would, the second one? I did finish the second Good. one. I'm, I'm I partway. I'm partway through it, and and I'm so so. As in, soon as I finish, we'll do the. In truth, I would not recommend either of the books, and and it's not because oh, so, the, it's not because they're bad books. It's just once again, it goes it, back to this prop philosophy that psychiatrists, yeah, the people that write this stuff are at a. IQ level far superior to mine and pro- probably far superior to most most you people know, and it's nothing against them but they write really dry. Do you know and, what it it goes it kind of goes back to when when we were putting up our our new lights and I said why can't this why can't this ever be easy and you said because they're electricians or or what did you say and and, uh, and engineers, like, engineers, yeah. and they're way smarter than us, and they don't know how to make things easy. So, but I mean, so the the simplicity of it is, is that. But it, where I was going with that is, is that you know, this, this is, is an a book, easy book. This that- is a good easy book that that I felt like really opened my eyes to things. Yeah, and. And I feel like it could do that for a lot of other people as long as you approach it and realize that that that's what you're going for. Because like I said, I when I first read this book, when I first started reading the book, I thought without a doubt, this was all about a neurodivergent person. And to be honest with you, when it got into the end and they started revealing all this dark stuff in her past, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm, I was kind of disappointed that they went the route of having all these things that stunned yeah. her in her past rather right, right. than just being you know having a mental condition right and, and, and she probably she did she did but right. but i i think the way they wrote it it was designed that most of the scarring things that happened in her past are what caused it and i i honestly i feel that took took away from the power to me because i wanted her so bad to just be suf- suffering from a mental disease and right. to show people like still makes it a like, really good nothing interesting. has to it it was it was great but it really took away from the fact that I can't now point 
point definitive, it definitively at this book and say, look, this is what a person with a neurodivergent trait goes right. through in society because of the way people treat them. And but now people can look read that book and say, well, it's just because she had so many terrible things right. happen to her in a pa- in her past, which is disappointing. But but either way, you're still she's still you can get an idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just have to go w- into it with the right frame of mind. If you go into it, read the book and say, well, she had all these terrible things happen to her. This isn't real. You know, like this can't just happen to a person that all those things have to happen to them. Right. Then you're not going to get the power of it right but if you approach it and be like this is what this my my family member somebody that i'm struggling Mm -hmm. with understanding is going through you can glean a lot from this easy read book right i still i mean i i still i still i mean on on our other on our book review podcast i give it a 4.9 so i give it a i say it's a pretty high book for me i mean and because i because it's it's kind of getting a little bit of a the piss bit beaten out of it because it went on vacation and mm. then and then it went on vacation with you and then I'm gonna see if my mom wants it so it's it's getting a little bit of love I I decided to buy a hardcover because I love it so much mm. so uh so that means that means it's a good book for me but uh but yeah I that means that means that means it's a it's it's worth it's definitely worth the read for me and uh and and the other the other thing i was like i was like i had something else that i wanted to say the other thing is the fact that you actually read a nonfiction book yeah that's what i was impressive gonna impressive was that because you don't very often read fiction books and after you read it you said this is a this is not something that I'm gonna be doing very often, but because you knew that you knew what was what you were gonna get going into it, or at least somewhat what you were gonna get. So, so yeah, I think that was that was something. Yeah. So I mean, I would totally recommend this to anybody, especially if you're struggling with understanding a person, because I do think. It could shed shed a yeah. lot of light. Even if you're trying to understand somebody who's not neurodivergent, just because it helps you with understanding. Well, and that's the important thing, like, is that we put this classification where certain people are neurodivergent, certain people are neurotypical, is that what the two terms they use? Yeah. And, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that I believe everybody has a trait within them that is very neurodivergent. Right. Like, it, like, there are just, there is just something in the world that you think and believe that is way different from the norm mm-hmm. in, in the world. So we all have those traits. So even if it's not somebody that you would even classify as neurodivergent. Right. But, they, but if there's something they believe that you just cannot get your head around. Right. I think this book could help you to understand that. Right. Because it might make you realize that you need to learn why that person believes that. Right. Like if they had if they had a a section in the bookstore called help in understanding or something like that, this could be in that section. Yeah. So 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 yeah, I think I think this is a, a great book for that. And I just think it's a phenomenal book in general. And 
And I'm sad to be done with it. And I'm actually sad that Eric is done with it because every morning when he would read his chapter, I'm like, how is Eleanor today? So, <laughs> And what what is a shame is I don't remember if I specifically looked this up, but I don't think this author has really written anything she, else. When, right? I, when I looked her up the other day to and got that quote, she had started a book in 2018 that was supposed to be taking place in a different time and place and that's all i had heard since hit, so hit the old writer block huh and probably or just- or she's just really working it hard cuz yeah. i know i know my favorite author when i saw her speak this past year she said that she was going to be working on something and it, it might take her a little bit but 2018 that's 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 quite some time. <laughs> that is a lot of time ago. And so. and I thought a book came up under her name, but but I know I had searched her because after I finished this, because I had really wanted to read another book of hers, and the only ones that came up were the different language versions. So, I mean, there might be one out there, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame that, you know... It, being that this book was so good, you, you would hope that she would come out with something else. But if she can't deliver upon even equal that or top that, maybe it's just better that she goes down right. with that dynasty of that book. Because that, I mean, to me, that's she wrote a very special book, yeah. you know, and congratulations to her because, like, she, I guarantee you she poured the her heart and soul into that book. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so so either either way I know that's going to be a very special book to me and and yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to keep keep that one in a special place and in my room and uh and yeah, in my heart. So so yeah, I mean and it and it provided a a really good podcast subject because I think I think it's it's just a very good understanding kind of book. Mm. So whether it's a neurodivergent understanding, whether it's just general understanding, I just I just think it's a it's just a great laugh, cry, everything kind of book. I really I really like it. I think the characters are great. I think I think just everything's great. So but do you have anything else that you want to add before we close this one out? No, man. All right. My podcast host over here is is just barely keeping his eyes open. So I think he uh he's saying it's time. It's time, Papa. All right, Wait, Sterling. Well, we'll give him some information. As uh, as as always, if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, you can send us an email at stigmasandopenwounds at gmail.com. And we also have additional stuff. At Instagram and Facebook. And stuff. Stuff. You know, posts that's a, and whatnot. That's some powerful, powerful marketing right there. Stuff. stuff. Oh, it's just some some posts at Facebook and Instagram. And so uh so we'll be back in two weeks with another episode. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Thanks, guys.
Thank you.